If you turn your Bible to Luke 14, really quickly, I just want to give you a really short challenge tonight as we wrap this up. Some, uh, some weeks ago, I was in D group um, up at uh, Bojangles in Princeton. And that week, the Lord had brought me across a passage in our reading, our F260 Bible reading plan that uh, I, haven't, I haven't forgotten about. And I thought about this tonight with, uh, with this service, and I thought, Lord, maybe there's something I need to share there. But in Luke 14, Jesus is at a point in his ministry where the Pharisees are certainly antagonistic, but yet intrigued, and they're trying to, in some ways, trying to catch him, trying to get him to somehow slip up. And it's almost like they set a trap for him here. They invited him to a little party. In fact, look at verse 1 of Luke chapter number 14 with me. And it says, And it came to pass as he went out into the house of uh, one of the chief Pharisees, and went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread, on the Sabbath day, and this last part, the whole trap thing, that they, that they, the Pharisees, watched him. Jesus is invited to this wealthy, prestigious, connected man's house, a chief Pharisee, not just an ordinary Pharisee, but a chief one. And he's invited in, and the Bible says they began to watch him. And then, verse 2, we see that a man shows up, or is either invited or shows up, or is let in. We're not exactly how it happened, but it almost seemed like there was a trap set. In verse number two, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Uh, it was just a swelling of the body, most likely due to some type of heart failure. And, and this man is in pain. He's hurting. He needs help. And he shows up in front of Jesus. And, of course, much like Jesus does, he chooses to heal. Now, the problem is here in this passage in Luke 14, that it's the Sabbath day. And you're in the chief Pharisee's house. And the chief Pharisee can do a lot of things. One thing you cannot do is heal on the Sabbath day. And Jesus goes ahead and does it, and he heals him. And then he asks those guys a question. If you're looking at verse 5, he asks them, which one of you have an oxen or a donkey, right, that's got trouble, wouldn't reach down and help your ox or your donkey? And they stood there and didn't say a word, verse number 6. They said, well, we can't, we can't say anything to that because we definitely have done that before. And Jesus is just trying to say, you guys have had more compassion on an animal than you have on somebody who's hurting. That's what he was trying to make the point to them. He's trying to show them your compassion. You got more compassion on the Sabbath day in protection of your Sabbath, not the Lord's Sabbath, your Sabbath. More compassion on an animal than you have on somebody who is physically hurting, who needs help. And because I helped him, you're mad. You're upset. And Jesus then tells a parable. And here's what stuck out to me some weeks ago when I was reading this. Look at verse number seven really quickly. The Bible says, and he put forth a parable to those which were bidden. All those that were invited, all those that were brought to the big feast at the chief Pharisee's house with the nice tables and the nice stuff. You follow me here? So I'm going to tell you guys a parable to all of you who are invited. When he marked how they chose out the chief rooms. Man, look, you want to get there early at the big party, don't you? Because you want to find the big table. You want to find the chief table. You want to be in the middle seat in that triclonium. You want, you want to be the one who the, who the light's going to shine on. You want to get in the best room, not, not the lowest room, not the room where you're not going to be recognized as a big shot. You want to get in the room where everybody's going to know you and think you're great. That's what he's getting at here. He says in verse number eight, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, don't sit down in the highest room, lest the more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. I just did a wedding Saturday, and it'd be the idea of me walking in and sitting where the groom sits. Somebody's going to walk over to me and say, hey, man, you did the wedding, but you didn't get married. You need to get out of that man's seat. That's embarrassing, you know. I know, I know better than that, and you do too. 
But here in this situation, Jesus is saying, you guys got here and all of you were scrambling for the chief room. All of you were scrambling for the chief seat. You know the one person who should have been sitting in the chief room in the chief seat? But where was he? The son of God wasn't fighting for a chief room and a chief seat. Because see, the praise of men don't mean anything to him. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need your praise or my praise. If I don't give it to him, the rock's going to cry out to him. He don't need you or me tonight. And Jesus is telling these, these Pharisees and these lawyers and these individuals who are all about the praise of men. He's saying, listen, don't, don't choose the highest room unless somebody kicks you out. Verse number nine. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place. And thou begin with shame t- to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest room. Then when he, then when, that, when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. And here's the principle, right? You ready? This is the parable. Here's what he's trying to teach. Verse number 11. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased or brought low. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. It's a great connection to what Peter said in his epistle Humble yourselves, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. See, exaltation is not up to me and you tonight, church. You know, I, I, from Tot Town to the teen ministry, man, I, the reason we show up and do this is not for the praise of men. That, I mean, I show up on Sunday mornings, and some of you see me with a backpack on my back, and you say, hey, man, where are you going camping? I want to say, no, follow me. I'll show you. You can hang out with me. I'll show you what I'm going to do. I got to have all that stuff because I got to, I got to keep the kids rolling. You know, you may, you may see Craig Taylor run around like a, like a chicken with his head cut off on a Wednesday night, getting here from work and rushing over here, and I don't want to put him on the spot, but leaving work early and getting over here and doing teen evangelism and taking them out to eat and bringing them over here and doing teen church, and his workers are out here trying to drive the vans and taking their time out of their own schedule. That's a low room, folks. That's a low room. It's not on Instagram. <laughs> no, nobody's sending him $100 bills in the mail thanking him for what he's done. In fact, this man's volunteering. That's a low room. At the beam of seat, I don't want to be next to him. That's a low room. Because God's going to do what? He's going to exalt him in due time. And I'm, I, I'm you know, I don't want to put, sorry, bro, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But I'm just telling you right now, Jesus is telling us as a local church, we got to get our eyes off ourselves and quit fighting for chief places and chief tables and chief rooms and chief seats and quit worrying about who's the chief and not just find a place to serve God Amen. and be excited. If nobody pats me on the back that Jesus Christ himself, he said a cup of water in my name will not go unrewarded. And I got to rest in that. That everything I do, whether you see it, my wife sees it, or the pat, or pastor sees it, or anybody else sees it, that God sees it. Amen. I don't got to fight for the chief place. I don't got to fight for the chief room. And then look what he says, verse 12. This is where it gets real serious. I mean, it's one thing to call out those who are invited to the party. But look at verse 12. He says, then he said also to him that bade him, to them who sent the invitation, to the chief Pharisee. Look at what he said to him. When thou makest a dinner or a supper, don't call your friends. Don't call your brethren. Don't call your cousins, your kinsmen, nor your rich neighbors. Lest they also bid thee, they also give you an invitation so you can come eat their prime rib next week. 
Why? What does it say? Look at why why he says that. And a recompense. Something that was going to be paid, going to be bid, going to be given back to you. You know what he's telling this guy? Now, this is tough. I mean, this is this man's party. This is his Sabbath gathering. He invites this distinguished rabbi, Jesus, who he doesn't really fully understand, into his house. And he tells all of his guests, you guys did this all wrong today. And you, sir, next time you have a party, quit inviting all your rich friends. Can you tell that Jesus Christ wasn't interested in the praise of men? That was not what he was about. Now, I believe he was a perfect gentleman here, but he was straight to the point. And look at what he said. But when you make a feast, and this is where I'm going with Awana, when you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. You know why? Look, keep reading, because they can't repay you. Why is children's ministry so important? Because it's a ministry that they won't repay you right then. But that's what Jesus told us to be involved in. To call everybody that'll come. Say, man, Brother Chris, there are some hard Sundays that you don't feel like it. Of course, I'm human just like you. Are there some hard Wednesday nights you don't feel like doing this? Of course. There any time you don't feel like coming to church? Be honest. But you know, we can't let our feelings dictate our faith, can we? And we've made a commitment. These kids are worth it. And I got, if I got it through the power of the Holy Spirit, he, I, I, every Wednesday night, I don't feel like it. It's amazing. By about 710, I feel like it. Man, I'm, I'm in the zone by 710. Every Sunday morning, I don't feel like it. By, 10, by 1028, I'm ready to go. Because it's like God brings an eternal perspective. Hey, Chris, this is a feast being called and everybody that wants to come can come because he's provided what's necessary to have this party, his death on the cross. And everybody can be saved that wants to be saved. And I get the wonderful opportunity to tell them about it every week. What a blessing. And church, can I just remind us tonight? Let's make sure we have a party around here that it's not just for our friends. That it's for the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Say, they're not going to give and they're not going to help keep the lights on. That's okay. Because God can keep the lights on. I've been called to minister to those who can do nothing for me. That's what Jesus did. The man with the dropsy, right? He couldn't couldn't do nothing for Jesus. Aren't you just glad that Jesus looked at him and moved with compassion on him and said, I'm going to heal this guy. Because I'm the son of God and that's what I do.